Hey, it's Naughty. And I'm The Teach. And welcome to Naughty and The Teach. This week, we are still your line, your favorite line, Black Hotties, as well as your Black Hotties with Boundaries. You know, we had to take a break, but now we're back and we're ready to give you this episode. Yeah, there's a lot that has to go on in this, and this is a two-person operation. So sometimes life gets in the way and we are kind of can't give you the content that we want to give you on the timely fashion. So we still want to say thank you to all of our listeners, all the people who have been supporting. Thank you. We got a cliff, <laughs> uh, a follow up to the cliffhanger that we left you with a couple of weeks ago. So, yes, we appreciate your patience, patience. But this week, you know, are popping off. We're coming out and we're coming out with the hard stuff. Thank you. Um, that was uh, the teach this time. We are working me. on our uh, <laughs> our production. Our production value is going to increase tenfold in the next couple. We got a lot of fun things planned with our production, so please be on the lookout for that. We're always going to have in like regular person air horns, though. That I feel like that's just going to be a classic that you, the OG listeners, are just always going to have and holding your heart. So, you know, kudos to you. We're eventually going to drop a random. <laughs> just out of nowhere but um our popping off is going to be crazy so uh trigger warning because it's a mention of drugs um i guess child endangerment and um prostitution is it trigger warning or is it content warning it's both i'm not sure actually because i don't know i think they're trying to move it into content warning because trigger warning is something now being triggered is something people use as like an insert like oh my god you're so triggered we know some people who was using the triggered word very recently yeah. in their podcast. Ugh. Oh, so um, I guess some content warning. But content yes, warning, all, yeah. For all those things I just said. But um, so if you've been if, if you've been on Instagram or you're a Cardi B fan, you know that she has just won um, four million dollars in her uh, recent defamation suit that had started in that she um, originally filed for in 2018. And they went to court. Uh, they uh Two weeks ago, she won on Monday. Damn, January twentieth. Damn, you know, time Sometime is not in January. real. It was, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that of twenty twenty two. We mean, yes, twenty twenty two. So yeah, she won four million dollars for uh, defamation. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Let's say who she was suing. <laughs> she was suing Tasha K, a YouTube blogger who um had said some untruthful things about her. And so she won four million four million dollars for defamation of character um, to be paid back in legal fees um, and, and medical fees. And she had to be paid by Tasha um, by Tasha K and by Tasha K Studios, which Tasha K owns. That's a lot of money. That's it is a, a lot, lot of, money. of money. But she did say in 2019, she said that she was going to get all she was like, oh, she said that she was going to get order bread. So that's what she did. So um, the defamation lawsuit um, uh, originally started because Tasha K. Um, had a had an interview with someone who knew Cardi B um, before she was famous. Um, yeah, before she was famous, and said and said that she um, not alleged. She said that you know, that she used cocaine while she was pregnant with Culture. That she was cheating on Offset, and so also implied that Culture might not be his daughter. And she also said that Cardi B was um, a prostitute. So those were what that's what she had said in the interview and um it just kind of spiraled from there. So after Tasha K had that not only um that interview, 
She had about 20 videos at that time. Cardi B had sent her a cease and desist letter. 20 videos about one individual is a lot. It, it is, even if it's a celebrity. Um, you know. I'm not obsessed. Not at all. I just have 20 videos on my YouTube channel. Q Mariah. You. Why are you so obsessed with me? Um, but, yeah. <laughs> so, she, and, but when she sent the cease and desist letter, Tasha K, you know, I, in my opinion, stupidly laughed at it and posted it on um, Instagram like, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, talk that hot shit. And um, so, so the between then and now, because the courts were closed for because of the the lockdown, um, you know, Tasha K had had made another twenty videos. So at this point, um, or prior to the lawsuit, uh, there were forty videos. Tasha K has since since losing has taken them offline, um. And like from anywhere, so you can't even see like when people record them and repost them. There's not even that. Uh, so she had about forty videos, pretty much just uh, talking about Cardi B and how she's a bad mother. She also uh, said that alleg- Car- Cardi B allegedly was having sex with beer bottles on stage when she was stripping, and things like that. So it's become kind of like a personal vendetta between the both of them. And in this uh, in the trial, Tasha K had actually said that she lied and that she had and she knew that the her original claims were untrue and that she only posted them so that she can increase her platform. And that is what she said in the trial. And in my research, when I was looking up old lives that Tasha K had, she said in 2019, she was like, bitch, I knew they was lies. I knew it was lies. I posted this. I can grow my platform. Everything else I have is 98 percent. Um, it's eighty percent true, but like, if you're gonna go ahead and post something that's untrue, then I feel like it doesn't matter what the rest is. I don't know how you feel. So, so Tasha K took the Fox News approach. Yeah, because Fox News is not really a news channel; it's an entertainment channel, and they only have to say a certain a number of truth. I think it's I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but but the fact that it doesn't have to all be <laughs> everything does not have to be true or based in facts. It's just it's an entertainment channel that is posing as a news station and it does really well for the people who listen and believe. And I think this that I guess that was the blueprint for Tasha K to really build her platform. And I got to say, Cardi B's lawyers with the extra petty, they they posted in their claims that um, that the the video that that original video where. Tasha K had said that Cardi B was like doing coke and was a prostitute and she did not offset got 3 million views and the video the video that was posted right before that only had 200,000. So they were like this bitch was lame said Cardi B's name. So yeah. I mean, we're a up and coming hungry podcast and I don't I hope <laughs> looking you right in your eyeballs. <laughs> I hope we don't take that approach to where we have to you know, stoop really, really, I wouldn't say low, but just stoop to a whole level that we don't see ourselves as human beings to try to build this platform. He's mad at me that I got got by a bot and he's always going to bring it up. I, I don't okay. I don't think that's, that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's no, he's small looking at my potatoes. eyes, but like, no, no, I mean, the eyes is like, we're never going to be like, I hate this person and we're going to just dedicate our time to, we're not going to do anything to sell ourselves out in order to increase our platform. That's what I mean. Yeah, no, we're not going to do that. So you're not going to see, like, butthole pics of me. 
<laughs> I don't know why I said butthole oh, fixed. He's obsessed with his butt. He am, with his own butt. With his own butt. I mean, it's I like a clean butt. What do you want me to do? It's a good thing, I guess. It's I'm, it's a healthy thing. thing. I mean, yeah. I, it's. I'm sorry, that was an inside joke. That it's just not gonna. I'm See, sorry. now everybody's going to be like, what does that mean? And then everybody's now going to have speculation, and we're going to be all over the internet. But it's you with your own, so it's it's okay. But I think going to be like, what is he doing to his own butt? I'm cleaning it like we're supposed to. Clean your butt, y'all. It's not. I mean, some men will say that it's gay. It's not. It's actually just. Wait, it's gay to clean your butt? People will. That's what. you never seen that when people are like, it, um, that men, men will say that they don't wash their anus because it's gay. So. Motherfuckers is walking around here with a dirty asshole. Yes. Okay, because it's gay. Because it's gay. So you got shit and crust and everything all up in your butt, but you don't clean it because it's gay. Exactly. Okay, guy. Good for you, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> Good for you. It's like that. Make it make it make sense. And you still want women to sleep with you. Oh. Or people to sleep with you. I don't know. I mean, I know that there was a whole push, and there's probably still a push of uh, people eating butt. Yeah, no one's. I guess they wanted that extra like crust and like adds flavor. Yeah, (laughs) like "Mm, mm, mm." (laughs) damn, this is not how we expected to start human condition (laughs) part two off. But uh, we were digressing. But anyways, so after, so after um the law after the lawsuit was settled, Tasha K, which I think um I just want to just talk about it real quick. Tasha K um released a twelve minute statement of what I. You know what? I'm not gonna say my opinion. Um, but she released a 12 minute statement, and um, the big, the overarching theme of her statement was um, this in a sentence that uh, she lost. Is she was she was talking about like she how she knew she was gonna lose the um, the tr- the case and that she was going to yeah, be filing. Yeah, she for lied. I mean, yeah, duh. you said that you lied. That's why you lost. But she said, but she didn't even talk about that in her final statement that she lied. She said that she knew that she was going to lose because. Um, because of like how the system is and and then this is what she went on to say um the th- system she's blaming wait, i'm gonna i'm gonna say a quote from what she said that kind of just you know lays the whole message um she said that she lost because um because of a machine that a corp that corporate interest wait sorry sorry i set it up wrong but the quote is a machine that corporate interest to protect oh, a machine that has corporate interest to protect prostitution drug use, uh, promiscuity, and glorify the violence that re- wreaks havoc in our in our society. So she was saying that that's the reason why she lost. She and, took the moral argument. Mm. Yes, and she also said that Mm-mm. she knew she was going to lose because um, Cardi B, um, or she implied that Cardi B um, exemplifies and glorifies uh, prostitution, drug use, and promiscuity and violence that, and so she knew she was going to lose because that's what like because YouTube gets money from it because, you know, the city gets money from it and things like that. I, I do want to say that YouTube's money maker is not from just glorifying violence. And there's so many hundreds of thousands of things on YouTube. I'm sure their money makers is how they squeeze their content creators dry. Yeah. But my thing is like you had she had that whole statement. Right. But you knowingly put out these false statements you glorified it you glorified it because you needed the drama of clickbait you that you are talking about yourself a hypocrite my next question was going to be did she make the statement before after she admitted to lying and i'm like your lawyer wrote this for you and then she said um the the court didn't ask me to take down the videos but i took them down because i respect the court 
bitch, if you respected the court, I'm sorry, miss, if you respected the court, then you wouldn't be po- you wouldn't be you wouldn't have this whole statement of like, just showing your hypocrisy. Like after you said that you lied, you wouldn't be filing for appeal after you said that you lied. What are you like? What are you proving? And then what also pissed me off in her statement was that she claimed that she proved that Cardi B wasn't suicidal. How the hell do you prove that? How do you prove that someone else wasn't suicidal because of the knowingly untruthful statements that you made? How do you know that? Yeah, that is a good question. How do you prove that somebody is not and like suicidal? You know, and then and then I know that suicidal? she was I know that she was pressed because am I having a moment? <laughs> like she was. <laughs> Sorry. She was pressed because she said that because she had to move while she was pregnant because um fans were coming after her and uh I watched the original uh, you know a, a lot of these videos are taken down now but I watched the original live where Cardi B said that she was gonna go after the blogger who attacked her she never said it was Tasha K she never named her so you put this shit on YouTube with your fucking name and face hello. You think people in Atlanta don't know who you are? You think people are not going to find out who you are? All it takes is to find your real name and to pay $25 to do a background check to get your fucking address. Nordian the Teach does not recommend doing background checks on people. I'm, well, Especially no, podcasters. I'm, no, I background check motherfuckers. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, he, don't background check us. Nah, yeah, that's what I meant. Nope, <laughs> but everybody us. else background check them. You know, but that's what I mean. Like, you put yourself out there. You endangered yourself when you said that dumb shit that you knew was untrue. Wait, how do you know how much it costs? How often are you doing this? <laughs> when people have to watch your kid, you back. Oh, oh, out. yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, you need to know who ac- actually is around yeah. your people. I get it. That yeah. makes sense. Back on check a bitch. Okay. Uh, one thing I do want to say about this whole thing is it makes me grateful for m- one of my favorite words, which is allegedly, especially in this podcast which I sprinkle all over this podcast, and just in case, because $4 million is a lot of fucking money. Yes, it is. And she said- Money oh. we don't have. No, and she yet. claims that she's rich, but then it's like, girl, after people don't found your address, why is you lying? Because now they got YouTube videos talking about her receipts. Like, oh, come on. No. She going to be paying that shit back for the rest of her life. You know- and, and, you know, I, and for Cardi said she should have no remorse, no sympathy. No. I think there's many venues she said that she went through in order to try yes, to she pri- get this. Um, you know, the blogger was just strong and steadfast in her approach and her uh, using this to get clout because that's really what it was. It was yes. clout. It was views. It was content. It was something to put out there for, for eyes, views, traffic to be directed to her. And this is the cost of it. This is the cost of fame. Just to bring this up, I mentioned something a uh, couple of podcasts back where we were talking about Juicy Jesse Jesse Smollett. See, see what Dave Chappelle did, Juicy Smollett, Jesse Smollett, and we were talking about the actions that people take for fame, mm-hmm. whether it can be considered savory or unsavory. And this, and by all accounts, would look unsavory to a lot of people. The fact that you're targeting somebody whom is on the come up because Cardi has been on the come up. She's well, here now. Trust in me. In 2019, she was on the come up. But she was on the come up. And you realize that there's a wave that's upward. And mm-hmm. she was trying to jump on that wave in order to get her platform up. And I think that, you know, when you do that, you take some unsavory approaches in order to get to the place that you're trying to go. And then it ends up 
blowing up in your face when you have to be sued and fork up fork up four million dollars that you may or may not have and then cardi b tried to like when she said i i'm not sure if it was before or after the cease and desist letter but um around that time cardi b had messaged tasha k and said like listen we're both mothers I don't want to like I don't want to have to draw this like draw this out like let's like you know if you take it down it's okay a real human reaction yeah and of course she posted that shit and she laughed at it but look at you now like all of that for what and you know at that po- at at that point Cardi B had millions of people following her so can you imagine how many people were questioning her making statements about her. And like saying that she was a prostitute, that she did drugs while she was while she was pregnant with culture. Can you imagine saying that she cheated on Offset? And then soon after, um, we found out that Offset had cheated on her. So just all those things that are coming at her while her family for at least for a moment was like possibly breaking down. Like and in 2019, I what she was like 24, 25. Like, come on. Like. I mean, at any age, that would be really shitty. But like, bro, like, yeah, I think that's the one thing that we don't take into account is how young people are in the spotlight, how celebrities and we just assume because they're famous, they can handle stuff. But we don't take into account age, human development, the human condition. Yeah, Um, we don't take into account those things. And we just assume that we can just be the most vicious, the meanest, the most hateful towards them and they're supposed to take it because they're celebrities because they have a platform and in this case with this particular blogger who used it to really try to boost her platform it it just blew up in her face and i think that we have to really take into account that regardless to how we feel about somebody whether it's a sports figure whether it's a rapper whether it's a singer whether it's whoever they're still human beings and I even said this when we talked about the workplace at Antonio Brown. However you may feel, still they're a- still human beings. And we have to take that into account. You can still, you know, have hatred. You can still be like, fuck that person. Well, maybe not hatred. You can have a All dislike. Right, you're right. Maybe I should have. You should. You could still dislike that person. You can still hate what they represent, who they are, the team they play for, whatever it might be in your fandom. But there is a level of human just humanity that we have to take into account when we're talking about other human beings. Uh, yes, and I think that that's important. Like, you have, even in people who you may deem the worst or the most deplorable, they are still people. Darth Vader thought he was the hero. Yes, yes. Most villains think they're the hero, but to them, they are the hero of their own story. And just like me, just like Naughty, just like everybody else, you are the hero of your own story, even in, if in actuality you might actually be the villain. So, Or even if you are a hero, you are the villain in someone else's story. Yeah, It doesn't yeah. matter. It, like in, some, in someone's universe, you're the, you're the villain. I think we took that story and we kind of brought it back to our... High five, because that almost never listen, happens. Listen, I just want to say, me? listen, mm. we, we are getting extremely good... Look at, at us. this podcasting stuff. We're going to get our production value to match our skill set. And we're really going to be killing it. Aren't so, you glad we took a break? And I'm also glad that you have been listening to us and you hear this episode. And we greatly, greatly appreciate you all. I know that if you're here in this episode, you're probably not one of my friends because all my friends I ask to listen to it are not really listening. So it's not like they're going to hear this anyway. 
Shout out to my friends from work because you you listen. And I have friends at work. <laughs> Shout out to the one or two people who listen to every episode that I asked to. I appreciate your, you. Your teacher's real friends. Yeah. We, uh, I appreciate you too. So while we're talking about um, this, Tasha K, and humanity and how we treat people, we want to bring it back to finishing up a loose end from the last episode. Because we started off by talking, we ended it off, excuse me, by talking about growth. And we started to briefly discuss introspection. So we wanted to just take a moment before we get into part two of Digging Deep to finish that up. So this is going to be the pre-Digging Deep where we're just tying up that loose end from last week. Um, so Nordy, would you like to introduce the audience to introspection? Of course. So you know, sorry, that was loud. I'm sorry. That was like pure That wasn't loud. <laughs> um, but. So last week, you know, we were going going through definitions so that everybody uh, knew where our perspective was when we were talking about this. So what we have for introspection, our definition is the examination of your own thoughts, emotions, motivations, behavior, and character. This is a fundamental type of intelligence that allows a person to improve their mental processes over time. Wow, I read that with no fuck-ups first boom, time. Boom, 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 boom. Sierra has see, come back again. I can I can honestly <laughs> see why you do not want sound effects because the air horn will be going at inappropriate times. Because of you. Yeah. Because you'd be like I'ma press all those shiny colorful buttons. They're like they're like little toys. Yeah. It's like Simon, but not, and I shouldn't be using it like Simon. You don't remember Simon? I know. Okay, I know good. Simon. You're looking at me look like, like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's for the elder people in the group. Um, so introspection, looking at it based off of that definition, we want to just take a moment and talk about how that plays into the human condition. And it plays into the human condition by us being able to really look into ourselves. If we're not looking into ourselves, there's really no way for us to make that growth, that significant growth. Life should be about making progress every single day. Some days we'll be we'll make less progress than others, but overall you have an upward trajectory of being a better version of yourself, of your with your mental health, with your stability, your motivations, the behavior, and and that all comes together to equal this character that you put out that everybody will see based on how you move. And if you don't work on that, or if you're not being introspective in some way, you are stagnant. And you are stuck. And there's really no way for you to make that progress. So one of the things that we have been saying, and this will probably be a motto in some way of ours, is work on your shit. You have to work on your shit. It's, we're going to continue to say it because it's going to continue to be relevant. There's not going to be a situation where we're not going to say, hey, I'm having this trouble and it might be me. The answer to that is work on your shit. The more you work on your shit, the more you can be. Being introspective is a way for you to work on your shit. It's one, one of the ways. Um, just when we say work on your shit, just so we're clear, there's not one way that you can do it. Some of you may excel by working on your shit, by letting off loose energies, by exercising. Some of you may be out here fucking like crazy. <laughs> that might be the way that you work on your shit. Some of you might, you know, go to talk therapy. Some of you might do different versions of therapy. Anything that you do that helps you to achieve that goal of working on your shit, that is what you should do. 
And that is what we're, we're advocating when we say work on your shit. Being introspective is really looking at yourself and saying, I need to work on my shit. I need to do this. I have this obstacle in front of me. I have these things that are holding me down. I'm looking at it internally so that I could say, okay, I now need to take these steps in order to actually work on my shit. There you go. That was, that was beautifully said. I mean, there was no need to interrupt. I know I'm the interrupting friend, but there was no need for that. But um, I do have a question. Yes. Can you be too introspective? Is there a point where you're always focusing on how you get how to get better and the actions that you're like the actions you're taking to a point where like you're so invo- you're so involved in fixing the cycle that you get stuck in a cycle? I think it's a case by case and a person by person basis. I think sometimes we all get in our own heads. And I think that that is one of the variations of being too introspective. Um, some of us have to think and overthink and, and do things. I think a good example of being too introspective is if you spend way more time making a decision or thinking about how to make the decision than actually trying it and making the decision, you might be a little bit too introspective. You might be too in your head thinking about what could go wrong and how it can play out instead of actually seeing it. Sometimes, and I hear this from a lot of people, a lot of research, anything that you say, the hardest step is the first step. I had a friend who recently was talking about me about uh, talking to me about how they want to do things from zero to one, and that's how they're going to rate scales. But they were Wait, saying zero that, to one or zero to uh, one to ten. Sorry, one, one to, 10. to ten. Sorry, one to ten is how you're going to rate your progress of how you're making something. But the hardest step they were explaining was that taking the step from zero to one, the very first step of saying I want to try something new. But every time we try something new, and especially as we get older, oh, as we get older, the doubts of us trying something new really, really plays on itself. Like if you wanted to, let's say you want to learn an instrument and you're like, man, I really want to play the guitar. And then you're like, oh, and then I don't know what part of your body. You'd be like, you're too old. You'd be like, shut the fuck up. I didn't ask you <laughs> where you come from. I've never hear from you except for probably every day if you have anxiety. But... <laughs> <laughs> every day your body's like no no you, you shouldn't can't do, do it you, look you can't fat. do it you're too old you should have done this when you were blah 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 and i know that um, we're making a joke about it but i know that some of you can relate what i mean when you're like i want to try something new there's always some part of you inside whether it's your mind whether it's your body or something that's saying nah nah not even a lot they're just saying nah when you really try to dig deeper into that nah it's just you're too old. You shouldn't do this. You should have done this at this point or this time. Or not worse, but just as bad is when you go to somebody be like, hey, I want to try th- I want to try to do this such and such. And they look at you and it's like, why now? You're like, you? You want to really? do this? I don't I don't and, see it. And I think that that all plays. And then when you go and you try to be introspective on what I should try to accomplish, what can I do? What and you look inside yourself, you don't just hear your voice. You don't just hear the voice of saying, I am motivated to do this. You don't just hear the voice of saying, nah, you shouldn't do this. But you start to hear the voices of other people. The people who are saying, you can't do it. You shouldn't do it. It's not a good idea. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money, etc. But I think the one thing that we also have to keep in, keep in mind 
is one of the things, if you live your life right, that you'll have a lot of is money as you get older. There'll be a things that you should have established and you go and that's the time to do it, to, to, to try different things, to try new things, um, especially if you have a you know, nice career, whatever the case may be. You might have a lot of time or you might not. You might have less time depending on, you know, life, life choices. I mean, if you're in prison, you have no time. So or you have all the time. Oh, that's true. You have all the time. So I don't even know how to look at it now. I'm like, damn, if I'm in prison. It's do I have all, a lot of time or do I have no time? You have you have. I think for some people you have a lot of time, but you might not be able to decide what or you're there's a limited choice of what you can do. Yeah. And that's one thing. And I do think like what you're saying, like as you get older, like money comes just because ge- generally money comes because you get established in a career or even if you don't have a career, you get established in a job and you get to a certain place where you know how to finance everything. And I do think that even like when you have kids, you know, after a certain age, your kids are old enough where you can leave them alone for a few hours or, you know, and you can go and explore yourself and do other things and come back and, you know, they're still cared for. I'm talking about like teenagers. Just yeah. so you know, I'm not talking about a five year old because don't nobody don't I don't want nobody coming for me. OK, yeah, nobody's leaving small children unsupervised no, I mean, or anything. You know, things like that. Like you're able at, at their certain age, you you have more of an ability to do that. It's almost like, you know, when you're young, you have or like like I mean, like when you're very young, you have all the time in the like like teenagers, you have a lot of time, you know, and you might have responsibilities, but you have a lot of time for you to be able to explore yourself. And but you just don't have any money, so that is limiting. But and when you're older, yes, you have responsibilities, but you have the money that you can, you know, finagle your schedule to explore those things. Yeah, and I think that we we, we talk about being too introspective. These are the definite things that play on in your mind. You, it always seems like there is a limit, and sometimes people transpose their limits of their life of what they believe they can accomplish onto you and then that kind of plays into your own psyche so when you're doing that introspective work on can i do something should i do something do i have the capacity the skills the capability whatever it might be and then it starts to play and then i think that this is when being too introspective can be bad sometimes sometimes and it depends on what it is so is it introspection versus overthinking? Yes. Well, in a sense, I think introspection and overthinking can kind of collide. But I think sometimes the best thing to do instead of overthinking is to just try something, is to just really go out there and really just do it. And that might be the way for you to actually get to accomplish what you might be trying to do. So once you do that, that makes it so much easier for you to really get to the point of where you're trying to go so you can be too introspective but introspection is not a bad thing just because you can be too much of something doesn't mean you shouldn't do it and sometimes our past actions play into our introspection and that kind of holds us and stops us i'm not saying experience is bad but every experience is not the same experience so if you're looking at it like okay When I was younger, I tried to learn to play the guitar and it didn't work out for me. 
That doesn't mean that if you approach it five years, two years, seven years, 20 years later, that you might not have more success. I tried to learn another language and I didn't have, we don't know what your factors were at that time, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it at a future time or in a future with, and have a different result is what I'm trying to say. So it's very important that we do that introspection work and we fight through those, 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 uh, those, I'm trying to say like, you know, in a forest, when you walk through a forest and there's like these bushels of like trees in your way and mm -hmm. it's hard to see the path, we have to clear that whole path and make it as smooth as possible for us to actually achieve anything that we're trying to accomplish, especially if it's new. I'm, I'm just like, wow, that was beautiful. Hashtag the teach. therapist the te Bobby. I have the name The Teach for a reason. Mm. Um, so Let's again- we're going to go back to saying what we're going to say a lot. Work on your shit. Yeah, that's going to be our motto. Work yeah. on your shit. So we have tied up the loose Merch end. Merch idea. Oh, maybe. We're going to write that down. Where's the pen? I don't know where it's the pen is, far. but we are definitely going to write that down. But um, we are going to move into part two of the human condition. So we are now into our digging deep section. We have spoken about a lot of things. We've talked about community. We talked about society. We talked about how individuals are in a community or a society. We talked about the needs of individuals. We talked about growth. We talked about obstacles. And we talked about introspection. Um, during these uh, past, since the episode aired, Nordy and I have been really talking about what actually is needed and something that we really wanted to stress is safety we have to dig deeper into safety because safety has so many levels to it and safety plays a huge huge role in the um human condition so we are going to spend our digging deep talking about various different ways in which we're going to look at safety in general so our digging deep for human condition part two is safety and what that entails on the individual, on the communal, and the societal and systemic level. Nordy, how do we want to start this conversation off? Um, so I wrote this outline, so I wanted to start with... Boop, 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 boop. All right, no more. I'm so sorry. <laughs> he I'm wrote so the last sorry. one. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> we split the work. Um, Two-person operation, we are killing it. Um, yeah, killing the game. So I wanted to start with uh, the individual and the communal. And something that I think about a lot um, when I with both and with those things together is that people are always like, oh, you knew me for this long. Like there's supposed to be some sense of loyalty because of how long you know somebody because of how you're related to them and things like that. And it's like, I, I think a lot of people now are like, fuck that like I don't owe you anything because of the length of time I knew you because of any relation and I think that a quote or I don't necessarily know if it's a quote but a saying that gets misinterpreted and missaid all the time is blood is thicker than water and I know many of you have heard that quote there's I even have. a there's a movie with the same name that shows you how fucked up family is just to say spoiler alert okay um but the entire saying is 
blood of the covenant is thicker than water of the womb. And what it is saying is that placenta juice. Yes, pretty (laughs) much. It's saying that the blood of the people who you like the blood of your friendships, the quote unquote blood of your friendships, the people who you pick to be your family, your chosen family, um, that bond is thicker, is stronger than the water of the womb or the placenta juice that you share with your relatives or, you know, people who you've who, like, yeah, it's saying in general, like your relatives, but like people who you've known for a long time, those people too. It's like that, you know, is like you don't owe anybody anything because of longevity. But what about factually when, when blood is actually thicker than water? How does that play into this? Because it says blood of the covenant. I got That's you. the whole. But you know how people say they just cut the covenant part out, I guess, for religious purposes. I don't know. But that does, it's not in a religious way, though. But, but you yeah. know how they take the, the blood is thicker than water. They turn that same, same statement oh. into your family is more important than your friends. Because the yeah. blood is supposed to be the family familial ties that you have and the water is the friends that that, you meet that you still need in life to survive but it's not on the same level as your family you know and i and i get that and that's the that's like the insane part because yes blood is thicker than water yes but that's uh, that's why it's you know important to have the whole saying because when you leave out that that one word it changes the meaning completely and it really gaslights people into um it really gaslights people to picking toxic or possibly toxic situations um over safer ones or just better ones mentally or emotionally so that's what i wanted to you know yeah and i think that we have to keep that in mind because sometimes sometimes this can play into safety or not um yes oh yes and like even like we talked about the workplace before and um and we even made jokes about like having co-workers but you know a lot of times you'll hear in workplaces that like the staff is a family things like that super gaslighting eh. super gaslighting because eh. no you're you you can you can i'm not saying that you can't make friends at work right but your friendship is going to be outside of work like you that's where your friendship really lies is outside of work. It's not going it's not going to be at your job or even like the idea that you have to be fr- like super friendly. Like you you can be cordial. You don't have to necessarily have to be friendly. You don't have to say hello to people. You can go into work and you can leave and that's fine. But the idea that it's a it's a family and and people saying like, you know, that it that it is a family it makes, it makes you work harder because you're like I have to I can't say no. I I can't like call out. I can't take breaks. You know, it's like, you know, heavy on the fuck that. And th- that's what make I think is part of what makes a workplace unsafe is when they kind of push this like family or like a super team on you when it's like you know, like you might have to take a break or like you just can't show up all the time. You can't like they over, they want to overwork you for the sake of the team and it's like, no. And I think that kind of goes back to Antonio Brown because he felt like he was being overworked for the sake of the team. And it's like, at, at what point do I do I say fuck the team and I choose me? Because at the end of the day, he has to take care of himself, you know, and I feel like we see that a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and I know but this we were originally going to talk about the like these two at this point, two fires in New Jersey 
and a fire in the Bronx and about like just the safety of, you know, of community, like that kind of safety of like the structural safety. But I don't know if you want to add to that. Um, so I think what we want to talk about before when we go back to the individual um, and communal aspect of it, um, family, friends, kinship, we all need to feel safe within those bounds regardless. And I think that family and friends, especially close friends, deep friends, friends you may talk to more than your family, friends that you may spend more time with, um, spend more time with than with possibly your family members, those are all important, and you need to feel safe within that. And I think that's kind of the basis of the foundation of an individual's safety. If you don't feel fr uh, safe, if you don't feel safe within the people that you that should care about you the most, it's hard to go out and then feel safe and feel safe in the world, just in general, in in the world or in anything, in your relationships, in anything else that goes out. So. But even before we look at you as an individual in a society and safe, if you don't feel safe or supported, and, I, and what we mean by supported is the emotional support. The physical safety, yes, obviously, yeah. You may have somebody who may protect you physically, but emotionally they may not make you feel safe. And I sometimes I feel like, um, or sometimes I see like people will have long-term friendships where they are physically safe and they will ignore the... Um, they will ignore the the fact that they're not emotionally safe. It's like, oh, you know, like, that's my friend. I've known them for 10 years. I've known them X amount of time. Like, and, and you know, they go to war for me. So, like, they would protect you, but they wouldn't, like, if you were in a situ, like, a, a, a heartbroken situation and you like, yo, I need to talk, they'd be like, yeah, no, I can't, and leave you hanging in that kind of way. I see that a lot. Yeah, and I think that's part of what we need to do. Because these are the ones, because these are the relationships that really help to determine and dictate a lot of things about the community that you are a part of. If the community in which you live, the community where you might work, you might work for your family's business. Your family may have a career that you may continue to work for or the communities you participate in. And if you're not feeling safe and you're on your foundational level of the family and the friends that are around you, it's hard to take that and translate safety because you're 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 hardwired to say I'm not safe emotionally, mentally, physically in any space because when I'm home or with the people who say they love me or care about me the most don't make me feel safe. So then how am I going to feel safe where I live in the area I live in? How am I going to feel safe where I work? How am I going to feel safe in the communities that I participate in? How am I going to recognize safety? Yes. And because how am I going to know when somebody is making me feel safe or they're doing that facade of safety? And I put air quotes on the word safety in that particular sentence. So these are the things. So the foundational is that safety, emotional, mental, physical safety on all levels from your friends and your family. Now, it doesn't mean that you'll get complete all of these things. If you got them, you are in great shape and everything else will really help to fall into place. Sometimes you have to work on yourself, work on your shit. There you go. See, see, see how we did that? Sure, in the making. <laughs> Brought it right back. Work on yourself, work on your shit. And then that allows you to find places in which you can actually be safe. Sometimes we get wired to say, 
this is what safety looks like, and it's not safe at all in any of the senses. So then we have to then rewire, retool, do the work, get whether it's professional support, a support of a group of safe, actually safe people, and then that changes your perspective. So in order for us to do that, we have to be able to work and get safety on that level. Once we have that safety, we can then go into the societal and the systemic communities that we may be a part of and search for that safety. So for the societal and systemic, you know, back to what I was saying about the recent fires that have been happening in New York and um, the, I guess the tri-state area, there have been two fires in um, the state of New Jersey in different cities um, where different um, plants have been, different chemical plants have been, um, they have caught on fire for some, for whatever reason. Um, they haven't figured out how it started yet. Um, and the the fire that, ha the fi the there was a fire in um, Passaic and there was a, I think a, 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 the second fire was in um, Garden City and the fire for Garden City was so bad that you could smell the smoke in lower, you can smell the fire, or yeah, the smoke in lower Manhattan. And the um, the one in Passaic, you could see the fire um, in Manhattan, but that was in Midtown and I don't, I don't be there, so I can't verify that. But, um, <laughs> so like, that's how bad those fires were. But, you know, when doing the research for those fires, like there have been so many fires like that have, like, luckily, um, not that many people were hurt in in um these two pa in the in the fires that happened in, in this January, but there was a fire there was a fire in 2019 and a fire in the 80s that they were so bad, um so many people died and it's all the same thing. It's like they're chemical plants. They're by um not only like public housing but uh also by lower income home like residential homes that are like privately owned. It's that's where Every single, of the, every single one of those fires were, and, and they were all in different cities, you know? And then I'm bringing up, like, the, the really bad fire that happened in the Bronx because it happened in um, a public housing complex, and because of the way that those complexes are built, you know, they create, um, they create uh, like, vacuums in between the buildings because of the way that they're shaped, and... Um, especially in the wintertime when you have the heat from the boiler and the cold air it, um, like blowing, it causes the, the fire not only to go up, but to spread outwards, like um, to, to spread uh, horizontally and diagonally. So uh, so many people get affected. And when and the, the fire in the Bronx was so bad that people couldn't leave their they couldn't exit their homes and the fire department didn't get there soon enough to um to like get them out the window to, to go into the buildings and like and like and get them from the windows you know like things like they're so tragic you know and it's because of poor planning because the people who were designated to live there were people of color most mo usually black people or just poor people in general a few months ago right before the end right before the end of 2021 there was a horrible fire in the lower east side also in a housing project and that fire was so bad that a mother and two kids, like a toddler and a teenager, they were building, um, thankfully, they were building 
a generator by their window. The mother climbs out the window and is holding onto the generator and like takes her kids out of the window and was like standing there because the fire burned from their front door and went all the way back. So they didn't have anywhere else to go but out. That's how bad that fire was. Mm. Yeah, that that's a whole thing. And that's physical safety. And but if- some, sometimes society plays into that role the way our infrastructure is built in this country. It, by this country, I mean America. Shout out to our international fans. We appreciate ooh, ooh, you. Russia, we hope you're okay. Yes. Bahrain. Bahrain. Yeah. Shout outs to you all. Uh, oh, we yeah. really, really appreciate Ireland. You. I see. We can see the hot spots getting Belgium. bigger. Yeah. yeah Belgium. Belgium. I'm, I'm, I'm just learn, saying. I'm going to learn a sentence in your language. Yes. The U.S. Um, international is really <laughs> giving y'all a run for your money. Shout out to Kansas. Y'all getting bigger, too, dog. Yeah. And Oregon. We really, really appreciate every listener everywhere. But when I say this country, I mean the United States of America. The infrastructure, the way that it's built, doesn't really always take into account human beings. Mm -hmm. And when I say human beings, I mean very, very specific types of human beings. Um, When I say human beings, the individuals they don't take into account are poorer people, people of color. People whom is not deemed to be the target of whatever political, I I don't want to say leader, because I don't want to use that word, whatever political entity is at the time. is they, Are they my constituents? Did they vote for me? Should I cut their district in half? Should I just have green light this possible construction that's going to possibly be deadly to them the thing is also when in society and this is a whole and when i talk about society with this i mean all of society there are some places in which people know they can take advantage of they can build these possibly toxic to human health plants because they know that the people who live there will not say on say much or won't be listened to on the same level So when I know there's a certain place that I can go to as a big business, I can just do it and they can can complain or I can do the due diligence and have these town halls or have these things knowing that people have to work to survive. I'll schedule it at a time to where I know people are working and they can't come. So I did my quote unquote due diligence, but they still can't make it because I did it at a time that most of them would be unavailable because they have to work to survive. Or they put it like these town halls can go until like midnight or 1 a.m. And so they schedule them for like 12 o'clock for midnight, 1230, right before one. So then you have like there's not enough time for people to act because people do stay there for for particular um, debates. But they'll they'll since it's such a short time at that point, you can't ask that many questions. You can't, you know, the vote, a lot of people, some people do have to leave. So then your vote is off. You know, they, they do pay people. They pay, you know, community leaders to vote a certain way. They get people in because you have to, the people who are voting generally have to live in the community. So they get, they, you know, they rig it in some kind of way, which is, you know, unfortunate, but you know, yeah, and, and there's country. a ways around it. So America. when we look at it with these fires, and, and, and I'm sorry, that's just the, the plants. The fires things is also a societal thing to where if I own 
property. I can dictate and determine how that property is ran. Can I be a great landlord? I could be, but I normally choose to cut corners. I normally choose to do the least amount of work that will cost me the least amount of money. In the tragedy that was the fire that happened in the Bronx a couple of weeks ago, it was the human beings that lived in it did not have sufficient heat. And I can tell you from today, New York City is fucking cold. It is cold as fuck outside. So to not have heat is an absolute travesty. It is absolutely terrible to live in an environment to where you not have heat. So as human beings, as we've been doing for millennials, millenniums, not millennials, millennias, we have figured out ways to try to survive. People went and they purchased space heaters. But the fact that you have to do that in a place that you live, that you pay rent, that you that you live with your family should not be the case. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like a human right to be comfortable in your home. So this is an example of how society does not take safety of human beings into it. And this creates dangerous communities. And then not only we, we also have to take into account communities and when we're looking at society in general and we focus on the 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 the, we zoom in a bit into a community communities can be dangerous for a lot of reasons there could be uh an influx of crime because there's no jobs there's no places or for people to go there's nothing for people to do the biggest thing that does not get in taken into account is there are a lot of children kids after school who don't have adequate after school programs and we're not talking about the high school kids who can't get jobs we're not talking about the elementary school kids who always have some form of option through their school or there's many things that are targeted to kids uh, 12 and under there are a lot of jobs that people 14 especially in the summer i'm sorry not 14 like 14 for summer youth but 16 and up can get but the the middle school kids the kids between like 12 12 and 15 they don't have really a lot of options if their school doesn't offer after school there's not much for them to do so they have nothing to do so they end up being in groups doing dumb shit yeah because when you're young and with you're with your friends you do dumb shit yeah. that's exactly what you do so <laughs> what if you're out in the street and you see a group of kids everybody goes oh shit yeah because you know that one kid will do something and then one kid will do something to top that kid and then you have four or five kids doing escalating dumb shit in order to try to top another their their friends. And the only the also the thing you have to also take into account is they don't have the knowledge or the They know they literally do not have the brain capacity to, to take into account <laughs> that there's literally people around them. They only see themselves in their circle. And all that dumb shit they do, they think they're doing in a vacuum. As humans, we think that we are, like, so great. And I don't know how we're at the top of the food chain when literally, like, teenagers are, like, out in the world doing their thing, sleep-deprived, without a fully functioning brain. I just, you know, I just, you know, I think about that all the time. Like, when I was 13, I had a friend legitimately jump onto a, a, a cab was coming down the street and the cab had the light. To be funny, he flipped in the air to roll on the car. Like, if he would have timed that wrong, he just would have got hit by a car and died because the car was going full speed. 
and he was and he jumped out of nowhere into a fucking moving car. That's also the young person's brain like you're invincible. You can do whatever you want. And then they do dumb shit like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he might have a future in being a scammer. You know, those guys who walk across the street like, oh, I got hit by no, a car. And they rolled, roll up. He rolled over the car. He timed it so that he would do like a, a music fact, video trick. I just want to say the fact he that practiced that at I think. 13. How the fuck you practice that? I don't know. Shout out to you. And it, I know my friends are not listening to this, but, you know, that shit was actually. Listen, shout outs to you. I hope that you use that skill for good. No. There's stunt people in Hollywood. He also um, threw a rock at. We were in a very uh, rich white neighborhood. He threw a rock at someone's window and the whole shit cracked. And we were like. What oh. she means by cracked is it was in pristine con- <laughs> condition. We don't snitch on this part. No, we like that. We Shit, you do dumb shit. We saying something. Yeah, no, but I mean, this was so long ago, statute of limitations, but it broke the whole fucking window. Like, yo, I had, I had friends. We we were always trying to like beat each other, but he was number one. Yeah. So this say. adds to the safety aspect of society or community when there isn't a lot of options in a community. We end up doing things that might be unsafe. We're doing these things whether it's for entertainment, whether it's boredom, whether it's just trying to connect with friends on that level, that individual and communal level that we talked about earlier, to where you're trying to really build and find that level of safety amongst the people who is closest to you. And when you're younger, that's really where you tend to try to figure out how to connect with people. So the things you do might actually equate to being very, very unsafe. And that could be on le- on many levels. That could be the individual who does you know, the Jumping stunt man tricks. Or it can be on an emotional level. The stunt person's tri- tricks, excuse me, well, he's stunt a, person. He's a, a man, but yeah, I but get what you mean. Yeah, but stunt person. Or even, like, emotionally, like, you know, people will say, like, I love this person, and now they're at a very young age, like, having sex or... Yeah, that's another one, too. Because they think that, okay, this is the way I'm going to connect with this person, but you don't know what how the other person is going to react to that. Or even if, like, both, like, at... At that kind, at that age, between like twelve and fifteen, both people can be consenting to sex, and they're so young. Like it's even though they consented, it's still not. It's still toxic because they're so young and they're not necessarily understanding what they are doing. You know, I just I think about that. Yeah. So or these... they're like drugs. Like I see. Oh yeah, drugs. Yeah. Uh, I work with children that age and i see them all the time connecting over like smoking or like sneaking in alcohol and it's like how old are the kids you teach they are between 11 yeah between 11 and 14 but i work but the there is um there are older kids there are there are high school age kids in the building and some of them like they connect with those high school kids and then I don't know how the high schoolers are bringing in alcohol, but the ki- the kids I work with, they're able to to buy like weed. They bring it to school. They smoke. They 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 are able to get if the, the people who are selling them weed. I'm not I'm not saying that the high schoolers are giving them alcohol. I don't know, but like they're able to get weed. Definitely able to get alcohol because the same person who's selling you weed will go buy you a bottle, you know. And it's like that's how they connect, and they think that is they you could see they think it's cool. Like and it's you're like it. And because they're at their that age, like you said, where they think they're invin- invincible, they think they know what's best. Like you can see, like they're, I'm like you're creating, so, like your closest friendships are so toxic because nobody knows how to say no. 
I am a little bit older, and I'm from Generation He's, X, or I'm a millennial. I, it depends on who same. you ask. He's old as hell, but we're still the same I'm not generation. that old. Stop that. <laughs> you done told the I people know, that you're 27 years older than me. I'm not 27 years older than Naughty, but I am older than Naughty. I'm either a Gen Xer or a millennial. I don't know. It depends on who you ask. But He's the things that we used to do in high school are the things that kids are doing now at a much, much younger age because of their access to technology, their access to information. We had to try to find ways like drinking alcohol or, you know, smoking weed. It wasn't as easily available. It was drugs just wasn't it was available, but it wasn't easily available. You we didn't know all these sex things. They could literally on their phone right this moment pull up any pornographic site and get more information than we may have had. Incorrect at, information at that. Yeah, definitely incorrect. Very, very incorrect information. But then when you could see it on your phone every day or your friends are watching it and y'all talking shit about it, it kind of desensitizes it for a little bit. And then that sex that you know, we would think would be meaningful or was possibly meaningful for, and I'm not saying like I know, but I'm saying it possibly was meaningful at a previous generation becomes desensitized. I mean, I remember when people used to, and I remember movies where they would like get like one of their fathers or older brothers dirty magazines and they would like hide it in the woods and shit and like go in with their friends and look at it. Like, oh, look, boobies. Now kids can literally pull out their phones and see the most explicit hardcore sex scenes that they can possibly imagine. And incognito, so like your their parents wouldn't know. And I know like when I was in middle school, all these programs had come out had come out about like how to track what your kids are doing by installing a program and tracking what they type so that you can go back and look it up. You are not gonna technology is not gonna be a game. That you're going to beat your kids at. I'm telling you now, they have ways around it. They will talk to their friends who be like, yeah, you do blah, such and such and blah, blah, blah. Exactly, and then yeah. when you go on your <laughs> when you go on your kid's phone and all you see is cool math games or something like that, you can be like, oh, he's such a sweet boy or sweet child. I'm, I'm just saying they have ways around everything. So you got to keep that in mind. Yeah. Um. So. Looking back at safety, we looked at it on a individual and a communal basis. We looked about how society and the system may play into safety. And safety is very, very important. We, we need to stress that the foundations of safety starts with families and friends. And if you're listening to this episode and be like, wait a minute, emotionally or mentally or physically, I didn't feel safe with my family, my friends, I still don't, whatever the case may be, this might be the time for introspection to really kick in. For you to say, hmm, what might I need to do? Because you still have a long time to make any changes that you want that would benefit your life. And it's going to be very important that you work on your shit. And there's no cap to when you have to, or when like when you stop working on yourself or when things like, at any age, things can get better. I don't care if you're 15 or 51 or 72. You can do things that make your life better. Yes. You can do things that make your life better. We really want to push that. So safety, safety, 
safety. Also, for I'm sorry, for the people who are like, oh, but they're my family. You know, all the time people make, um, I guess, like we say, like, you know, like your friends who are family, your family. But like there's always been like fictive kinships and like creating these bonds with people that are incredibly deep and, you know, possibly never ending. And it's okay if you weren't, if that family that you made is not bloodborne. That's completely okay. You know, the part of the best, one of the best part of, parts of life is feeling safe and feeling like, and feeling strong in what you're doing. You and, know? And if you're one of those like, oh, it's my family, why can't you demand better from your family? Why can't you want more from your family, your friends? And don't give the argument of, well, they're from a different time. Fuck that. I mean, I have people in my family that are from a different time, but it doesn't mean that I am going to change me or my approach to them because they might be incapable of shit. So you can demand better, and it's either people want to help contribute to your safety and what you may need, or they don't. And really, that's what it really comes down to sometimes in certain situations. So ask more, demand more, safety, safety, safety in all senses. And if you don't feel safe and you feel like you might be making choices that might be unsafe for you, work on it. Figure out what you might need. Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody you know that could make you feel safe and figure out what might be working to them. Talk about somebody who is safe. I don't know what that. I don't know how you would identify that, but, you know, when you talk to people, you can get a sense. I mean, we have spoken. Naughty and I have spoken to many people who are like, mm, they might not be in a, a safe situation in many ways, whether it's physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever it might be. So it's going to be extremely important that you do what you need to in order to really build that safety for yourself. Um. Anything we want to say before we close up our digging deep? I don't know. I feel like we said it. We said I don't know if we said it all, but we said a lot. We definitely said a lot in these two episodes, and we are going to now. I I'm, I feel like our biggest. See, look, he asked me a question, and then I had to like. Yeah, mm, he, he didn't. I had to think about it a little bit longer than he gave me. But I do think that um, the overarching theme of our episodes are like. Work on your shit, new model, new merch, but also, like, while working on your shit, like, don't get stuck in your shit. You know, you don't want to get, you don't want to get to the point where you're so introspective that you're not moving forward. That's not what we want, you know. We want you to feel confident in the steps that you are taking to move forward, you know. So think while trying, you know. Be introspective and try that new method. Don't, like, just perseverate on it. And try to find some safety. If that means finding a new community, please do that. Yeah. All right. So that's why you should be active on Instagram. So then you can find each other because you guys are all listening to us. So you would probably all like each other. Yeah. Speaking of the active on Sorry, Instagram, was... reach out to us. We we're still appreciate everybody who reached out. We've gotten a lot of people to reach out. A lot of new listeners. A lot of people to say that they like what they're doing. They like the content. And we appreciate hearing from you we're going to continue to encourage you we have handles i am the teach at the teach nyc naughty is at naughty flower and the podcast which you can send all your questions your requests your shit talking whatever it might be is at naughty and 
the teach. So you could easily find us. You'll see our support. Um, if you, we are a two person operation. If you have any particular skills, if you're good at graphics, if you're good at audio, if you're good at anything, reach out to us. We could, if you you're good we at might be your <laughs> customers. We realize that we have a platform that we want to expand. We want to support. If you love the podcast, you have an idea. If you're like, wow, I can help take them to the next level. We have money to give you. He has money to give you. <laughs> I have money to give you. <laughs> I, I have, have money a kind smile. I have money to give you if it works out and we appreciate, you know, what you have and we can see the vision that you have that can help to contribute to our vision. We have I have we have money to give you. No, it's not an I. We have money to give you. So please reach out, send us a DM, whatever you might need to do in order to you know you might be a starving artist. Well, we hope you're not starving, but you might be, you know, a little parched. You yeah. <laughs> you might be a, you might <laughs> not be after a, this whole episode. You might be a tinge <laughs> a tinge hungry or whatever it might be. You have anything that relates to take our podcast to uh, higher levels, we would appreciate anything you can offer us. Um, so now let's go to our graphicless, our <laughs> soundless, our intro-less final his, segment, it's, it's which is favorite. my favorite. It's his favorite. It's his favorite. So I'm gonna. And I need to make sure we say it because we. This is our segment. It is naughty and the teach recommends. <sighs> yes. So, Naughty, as per usual, being the queen first. of the podcast. Oh, thanks. Can you lead us off with Naughty and the Teach Recommends? So, earlier this week, we watched The Bachelor, right? Is The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? Or, it was The Bachelor. It was oh, the, the Bachelor. Bachelor. Okay. And Hillary Duff was on it. And I had to talk about how much I love Hillary Duff. And then. I think we had this discussion. On the last um, one? No, on Storytime, where you were talking about. Miley Cyrus and uh, what's the Hilary Duff show? Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie McGuire. So y'all already so. knew. Sorry, I was yeah. loud. But I love Hilary Duff. Uh, that's that's my girl. Hilary, if you ever hear this, own the DVD and the albums. Love you. Hilary Duff, all show stuff. up. Mehmet Oz, stay away. <laughs> um, Yeah. Fuck is his name Mehmet? I don't give a fuck what his name all is. Right, and stop right. texting me. I don't want your fucking wonder drug, bitch. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> He's running for Senate. Fuck him. Don't vote for him. Well, or I don't know. I don't know what his policy is. He actually might be don't good. Don't vote for oh, okay. him. Don't, don't vote I for him. I didn't look into it. He teaches. Don't knows. vote for it. But anyways, Seriously, come on. Hillary Duff, love you. I saw you. I saw you on a bachelor and I was like, all these girls is drunk around you. They're not even getting to experience. Oh, one of them was really drunk. And she was having an in-depth convo with Hillary Duff. And I'm like, you wasted your whole opportunity. Like, girl. I was tight, but whatever. She's dumb. But then I I didn't know that How I Met Your Father had her. Uh, like, obviously, I was in a whole other universe. Like, where was my mind? But I've been watching it. It's fucking fantastic. Um, like, they have things from the from How I Met Your Mother. Also a good show. But they have things from How I Met Your Mother. And it's not, like, super kitschy and it's or corny. They, 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 like, they just play as, like, just normal story elements and if you have been missing samantha from and just like that guess what your girl is playing the older or the future hillary duff uh in like the 2050s getting wine drunk so 
How about that? How about that? You I'm get cool. to see Samantha and get to see Hillary Duff. And oh, shout out to Zoe 101 and I guess um Blackish too, because the because uh the girl, the Spanish girl is in that, is in a how You I mean the girl from Gronish? Grownish. There you go. Blackish too? Did you say blackish too? I, I didn't I didn't watch Blackish and I've only watched the episodes of Gronish that you showed me. Uh I enjoyed Gronish. So um, yes, the 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 Catholic one that was still yeah, fucking. Yeah. She and she was also in uh she was also in Zoe 101. She what that girl never fucking ages, just like Hillary Duff. Them, both of them are like unageable, um, or unaging. Uh, I think we're all the same. Well, we're around the same age. Hillary Duff is like 33. All right. Well, so, we're around the same age. Around. Okay. Around the same age. Yeah. I said what I said. <laughs> I stick to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's really good. Uh, my recommendation is a show called Abbott Elementary for a couple of reasons. One, as an educator, I can appreciate the show. Two, it takes a different approach than teacher shows that have been. There were a couple of teacher comedies. They weren't that good. But there was a show called Teachers. Yeah, it's oh. literally called Teachers. I can't tell you I remember anything about it. I might have saw it. I'm sure I saw it. Mm. But um, uh, shout out to Quinta Brunson. Quinta has been killing it. Um, one, uh, one great show that she was a part of was the Black Lady Sketch Comedy Show. Comes on HBO. It is a great and funny show. Um, I know that there was a sketch from it called uh, Black Lady Courtroom that was going yes. around. Um, if you have it, that came from the a Black Lady Sketch Comedy Show. Issa Rae has, um, is part of the production mm-hmm. producer team. She's, she's a producer is what I'm trying to say yes. of um, the Black Lady Sketch Comedy Show. But Abbott Elementary is a great show. You can find it on Hulu. It comes on ABC. Quinta Brunson, she created it. She is killing it. It is a very funny show. Everyone puts in a great performance. I do want to say I'm really happy to see the return of Everybody Hates Chris. The Chris from Everybody yes. Hates Chris, yes. So great. He is funny. He's stoic. He is, you could see him as one type of character, but he's slowly transforming and being more open and loving and warm. It's actually a great show. If you haven't checked out Abbott Elementary, you can find it on Hulu. It is great. Check it out. Oh, so is How I Met Your Father. So you can watch both. Oh, yes. Boom. Boom, boom. There One you go. Two. One, two. One, two. There you go. So our our uh, <laughs> recommendations come from Hulu. Shout out to Hulu. Give us money. It's sponsor <laughs> Give us money. Uh, <laughs> give us money so that we can give it to the people who will help us to bring our podcast. So listen, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast, Go watch the show on Hulu and then write to Hulu and say that we recommended both of those shows to you so they can say, wow, let's go check out that podcast and they can give us money so that if you're an artist, we can give you money. Wow. We want to give you money if you have talent and skills that will help with our vision. That's so an open if, call. <laughs> so if you so. if you can't draw jingles, still watch it. But graphics. I don't know. Sound effects that you think would go well. Um, we definitely have some um, art that we would want to commission that we when we eventually and probably sooner than later transition into video. We want to make sure that our background is popping. So keep that in mind. Um, so, that oh, beautiful. Oh. What? I got to talk about Regina King. Oh, yes. Uh, I, well, that was for the end, though. So it wasn't like a, a forget. Yeah. So this know. is. Oof. 
Um, so I think we've talked about Regina King. I know I've mentioned her on The Watchmen and how yeah. great that show was and how great she is. And Regina King has been a black actress royalty for decades. She has been great in pretty much everything she has been in. Um, she recently suffered a major tragedy. Um, her son, I think it's her only child. I think so. Um, sadly, has taken his own life. And, um, you know, um, one of the major and the pen, let's let's look at it from a, a, a human perspective. The pandemic has been hard on everybody, but also people are going through things that we have no idea about. So a couple of uh, weeks ago, I did say to reach out to people you may not speak to or, you know, haven't spoken to a while. Sometimes your reach out may make someone's day if they liked you. Don't reach out to people, you know. Don't reach out to that ex like Naughty Rick, like Naughty yeah, said. Don't do it. Don't do it. But really reach out to people whom, you know, had a positive impact on your life or they had a positive impact or somebody you might have not have spoken to or lost touch with or whatever. And these are the reasons is we have no idea what people are going through. People may seem and we have seen a lot of tragic Hollywood suicides in which we would think people who would seemingly happy have everything they want funny whatever the case may be have taken their own life because we have no idea what uh, someone's inner structure a struggle is seemingly is the operative word you the never know the biggest thing is we haven't really heard from regina king rightfully so in this situation but vivica fox very recently um came out and said some words from her conversation with regina king and the way her emotions in the situation and the way that she you know spoke on behalf of regina was really touching um shout out to vivica fox who is uh, another one who doesn't really get her flowers that she deserves but she's been in the game been doing it for decades has been you know considered to be you know very underrated shout outs to uh, vivica fox shout outs for the message from regina uh king um we are all feeling this major tragedy that's happened and you know we hope for you and your family to have healing energy yeah that, um, that was beautifully said so i am so sorry that you know we we started with the how i met your father in the abbott elementary but it wouldn't feel right to either of us if we didn't really mention you know that particular tragedy yes especially for I, we're black people, but um, especially for a person who has been a pioneer in um, in acting and directing, and especially as a dark-skinned black woman, as a for me, for a woman that is muscular, to be to make sure that she ha has been seen as someone who is sexy and sensual and strong and powerful, um, to really play, or even for the roles that may have seen like may have essentially been demeaning to play them in a way that is dimensional. She has been a very important person to a lot of women, I'm sure. Strength and beauty personified, and she has always done that. Sorry for your loss. Sorry, you know, and if you don't, if you are struggling, there's the suicide prevention hotline. There are people you can talk to, say something to somebody, even when we're bringing it back to the popping off where Cardi B was talking about because of these slanderous things proven in court that 
was being said that this made her have these types of thoughts and ideations, it's really, really important that you talk to people and you check in on them and, you know, make sure that everybody's okay. So um, we're going to end this show by with a moment of silence to Regina King family, her son and everyone. Thank you for listening. Sorry, I just got a little choked up. Thank you for listening. Um, we hope that you have a good start to your weekend and a positive week. We will see you next week.